Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Well, today is Tuesday, and on Tuesday we talk about how to pray, how to daven. We've seen over the past several months that there indeed is much to discuss, and truthfully, we've only really scratched the surface. If we really want to prepare ourselves properly, if we want to be able to, on a procedural, mechanical level, pray in the way that we should, so we really do need to give much thought and consideration not only to why we pray and what we pray, but how to pray. And along those lines, I want to spend a couple of minutes this morning talking about the question of how to select the proper location to daven, or said somewhat differently, where should I pray? Where should I daven? And I'm thinking about this this morning in light of a story that is recorded in the beginning of this week's Pasha. Pasha Zvayetze begins by telling us that Yaakov travels from Beersheba. He comes to Haran. Vayiv Gabamakom. He comes to a place that the Torah tells us he encounters a place Vayal Anshemi goes to sleep there, and when he goes to sleep, he has this extraordinary dream. Now, prior to going to sleep, Chazal tells us he actually davened in this place. Chazal tells us, Ein Pigia We're going to talk about this a little more next week. Chazal tells us that it's this point that Yaakov Avinu davens Tfilas Mariv. Regardless, he davens in this, in this place. And as far as we can tell from the simple reading of the Psukim, he did not realize that this was indeed a very special place. We know that he happens upon a place known as Har HaMariah, the Harabayas, the future place of the Makam HaMikdash. And he has this extraordinary dream. And in this dream, he sees this ladder that is ascending the heavens and angels that are ascending and descending. And it's an extraordinary moment for him. He wakes up, the Torah tells us, and he declares, Seemingly, with tremendous regret, he says, Behold, God was in this place. This is an extraordinary, special, extraordinarily special place. And I had no idea. And he became so afraid. And he says, How awesome is this place? This is the place of the house of God and the gates to heavens. Now, of course, there's so much to explore and unpack over here. And I really don't want to do that right now. I would rather focus very specifically on Yaakov Avinu's experience as somebody who is looking for a place to daven, picks a place and then realizes afterwards that on the one on the one hand, it was actually the best place to daven. He stumbled upon the most special place on earth. But at least in terms of his experience around that, and specifically the fact that he went to sleep there, he did feel a certain degree of regret because he didn't realize from the outset how unique, how special, how extraordinary this particular location is. There is, in fact, an entire sugi in halacha, which is found in Gemara Brachos, and recorded in great um, detail in Simit Sadi and Shulchan Aruch as to where, in fact, a person should daven. Now, to be clear, the most important thing is that a person davens. And so, therefore, when it's time to pray, and I have to pray, uh, I can pray in almost every location. There may be exceptions to that. There may be certain situations in which it is, in fact, inappropriate to daven, and I cannot daven in a particular location. But I'm sure that we've all had experiences whether it's davening in our homes, davening in shul, davening in base medrash, davening in a school, davening in an airport, davening at work, davening in a phone booth, if anybody actually remembers what a phone booth is. So we've all had experiences because there are times where life requires of us to be flexible and we have to adjust to the circumstances 
whatever they may be. All that being said, on a very practical level, the halacha tells us that there is a hierarchy, that not all places are created equal for the purpose of prayer. What should be obvious, but I'm going to start by saying, is that halacha says that a place which is designated for prayer, for prayer, what we call a synagogue, a shul, a beis haknesses, that is the optimal location. So if a person has the opportunity to daven in a shul, or daven, let's say, in an office building, it is clear that the shul is preferred. In fact, the Gemara tells us even more special than that would be a base medrash, and as is clarified by the poskim, a base medrash in which I learn on a on occasional basis, even more so on a regular basis, that would be even a more preferred location based on the pasuk. Oy v'ashem mikol Yaakov. Chazal darshan that pasuk to mean that Hakadosh Baruch Hu loves, so to speak, places which are devoted to Torah study. Again, this may not necessarily be practical and feasible, and I am sure that there are people who are listening right now who don't necessarily have access to a base measure on a regular basis or at all. Nevertheless, we should just be aware that this would be the preferred location. A shul, a base medrash, this is where I should start. Now, as we know, not every shul is the same. <clears throat> there are certain shuls that are closer, there are shuls that are farther, there are shuls that are larger, there are shuls that are smaller. When it comes to all of the details, here's well, Chazal that basically, <coughs> excuse me, give us very, very clear guidelines in instructing us what is uh, preferred. So another another point for consideration, Chazal tell us, is that we would want to daven in a place <coughs> where there are many people, where we can daven in a situation which reflects what we call, we call Barov Am Hadras Melech, that is in fact considered to be a greater display of kavod to the king. It is more of an honor to the king when there are many, many people in shul as opposed to a small group of people that come together. It is a greater display of kavod to the king when we all can come together. Now, as I said already, I think more than once, what I'm putting out over here are just ideas without really fleshing out the details, but all with the understanding that all things being equal. But all things are not always equal. There are, in fact, some very practical considerations that people encounter. So, for example, what happens, and I'm sure this is not theoretical, what happens if there is, in fact, a larger shul or there's a larger minion? There's a place that I can go which has, has hundreds of people as opposed to my preferred bin, which only has 20 or 30. The problem is the really large shul, or the large minion, there's lots of talking. It's not an environment which is conducive to davening. And every time I go there, I become very distracted and I get pulled into conversations. Or even if I'm able to withstand the temptation or perhaps I'm not tempted at all and I'm not engaged in the talking, it's very disruptive. So here, the postman would say, you're right. I mean, if that's not a place that I can comfortably dive in, it's going to be too much of a distracting location for me. So then in, in that particular case, uh, I would not necessarily go for the larger synagogue, the larger shul. Timing is important. The pace of the minion is important. The style of the minion. These things are all important in order for a person to be able to connect with what for him or her is a, a, a meaningful prayer experience. But there is a limit to that. There is a limit because um, I think many people would say, maybe I, maybe not many, some people would say that for them, davening at home, davening without a minion, that is the preferred experience. Uh, in all likelihood, everyone listening right now has had the, had the experience uh, for a certain period of time, weeks, months, uh, where we were davening uh, without a minion. You know, during the early weeks and months of the pandemic, uh, most Jews all over the world were davening biachidos. And many, myself included, uh, were, was able for a 
short period of time to experience something that was unique. Uh, and there were certainly certain aspects to that experience that made it seem on the surface to be uh, indeed like very special. Uh, there was an opportunity to daven in a way that seemed very unfamiliar to many of us. Uh, there was something that was that was truly meaningful on a certain level about that experience. And although we missed out on the opportunity to come together and to be with people and to recite Tavarim Shebek Dusha, there's no question that the fact that there were things that we couldn't do was painful, was hurtful to many of us. There was also an opportunity to experience prayer on a different level. And what happened was, when the dust settled, and many of us emerged from that uh, very, very difficult and challenging period of time, we started to wonder, well, uh, maybe I'll just continue to dive in at home. That was, in fact, a very, a very meaningful experience. Uh, in all likelihood, if you've had conversations around this issue, if you've explored it, if you looked into some of the halachic issues, so undoubtedly you know that, well, it's not so simple. Because you remember, just as we discussed a couple of months ago, when it comes to prayer, there are different objectives. And while part of it is in order to create with inside of ourselves a very meaningful experience, there is also, going back to a word that we used in the past, there's a transactional component to it as well. There's the proper way to do it. There's the way, the place, the manner, the style in which prayer should optimally be fulfilled. And so therefore, it's not so simple to say, well, I prefer to daven at home, I enjoy daven at home, and so therefore I will daven at home. There is a constant tension over here for some of us. Uh, for some, there is no tension at all. Davening at shul is, is easy, it's natural, it's where I want to be, it's where I'm going to go. My point is, and this is really the message that I want to leave everyone with today, and that is that we should give thought, real thought as to where we daven. And my goal over here is not to encourage you to really think about whether you should continue to going, going to your local shul. Uh, I'm not looking to create such a stir. But the idea that I'm now going to go ahead and daven, whether it's Shachos Min Chamarev, uh, in addition to preparing myself in all the ways that we have discussed and will discuss, one of the questions is where? Where? Last week we discussed a little bit of where in the room, the idea of entering at least two doorways. And there's more to discuss in terms of the where in the room, how to position myself next to a wall, should I stand there a window? Should I be close to people? If so, how close? There is a lot to discuss. But just in terms of the where, the where on a, on a big level, where am I standing right now? When Yaakov Avinu wakes up from his dream, he was very distraught. As if to say that I could have and I should have experienced something more meaningful here had I only realized where I was. To have the opportunity to come to a Beis HaKinesis, to have the opportunity to come to a shul, a place which is designated for tefillah, a place ideally which has an Aaron Kodesh, which designates this as a place of Kedusha. So this is a very, very different experience. Separate from that is, how does it make me feel? Do I feel more inspired here, more engaged here? And if not, I think a question that one needs to ask himself is, well, if not in this place, can I find another place? Maybe this is not the right minion for me. Maybe if I dive in early or later, maybe in a different room, or maybe in some extreme cases, maybe a different shul, perhaps. Anything is possible. But the idea is that we should be thinking about this. I think for many of us, we just dive in, and then we assess afterwards. So how was that? I liked it. I didn't like it. It was a good day. It was not a good day. It was a great shachris. It was, I, I struggled through it. But we should give more thought as to where we are. Where are we standing? Why are we here? And should we perhaps make adjustments in that regard? This was intended, this morning's conversation, to be uh, much more conceptual than practical. So if you're still a little bit confused as to, wait a second, where am I supposed to be davening? Okay, so we got to look into these halachos more. Like I said, in Sadi and Shulchan Aruch, uh, my intention this morning was really to just 
uh, give us all an opportunity to reflect upon this topic together and to realize that when it comes to davening, not all places are created equal. Thank you so much. Have a good one.